It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. Britain's version of Medicare for All is struggling with long waits for care. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhips dissecting issues. Choose as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. It is hump day. Welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, we need to be having conversations, offering you a conservatarian perspective. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. Keep those cards and letters coming as well. I'm getting caught up on my emails, so if you haven't heard from me, you will soon. And uh, be sure and check out standforcolorado.com. This is the website that we built uh, to uh, for that rally that we had down at the state capitol. And we are rolling out a video a day until we have all of the speakers on there. So it's a, a great place to see just three minutes on these important issues. Uh, we've got a great show planned for you today. We'll be talking with Jay Davidson in segments three and four regarding Trump's tariffs. And uh, Steve is back. Welcome. Do you know what time it is in Hawaii right now? I don't know what time it is in Hawaii. Four minutes past 1 a.m. Okay. So do you have jet lag? I don't know. I We did the took the red eye back uh, Saturday night into Sunday morning. Got in the DIA at, you know, what was it, 6.15 after flying all night. So we did the, the family me- uh, Memorial Day picnic up in Windsor on Monday, and I must have been on adrenaline. Because yesterday I was as flat as flat could be. So, <laughs> Did you have a great time? Incredible. Incredible time. It was, it was almost nearly flawless. That's awesome. Now, did you, you said you flew back. You didn't take Ocasio-Cortez's train from, back from Hawaii? We looked for it, but... You didn't uh, see it? Apparently it's still under construction. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that it is. So, hey... Um, you know, one of the other things that I do, and, and, and you're a veteran, is my World War II show. And did you go to Pearl Harbor? We did. Uh, after we got off the ship, we did the excursion that basically takes you through the rest of the day until it's time to get on your red eye. But uh, stood on the decks of the battleship Missouri, overlooking the Arizona Memorial, which unfortunately was still closed. We, were, we thought it was open March 31st, but that was just a rumor. But to stand there and to... In that place, looking out over the memorial from the battleship, what an incredible sight and uh, example of service and uh, sacrifice. So it takes your breath away, huh? It did. And now here's the, <laughs> you, you know me, I will always go here. I'm having this incredible feeling and the surge of American pride and what it is to be an American. But then within minutes, you know, throughout the rest of the day and, you know, killing time in the airport, looking at different sources, and seeing the antics of, say, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhar Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Now, I'm not picking on women here. This is just a great coincidence. But after feeling this surge of Americanism, there here's this pushback in the other direction of un-Americanism. And then it occurred to me, is part of the American experience allowed, does it allow for un-Americanism? 
I think it does. That's a, a really good question. So you know, let's keep that thought. I got to make a note here because we have so many things. I don't want to forget this. Yeah, don't so, let me crowd you out. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, but I think that's a really important question. But let's go ahead and get through our inspiration for the day and our funnies. And uh, I think that that's actually going to be a good thing. I, I ran up to the Erie a Town Council meeting last night, so I want to tell you about that. So first thing, though, legendary NFL Green Bay Packers quarterback Bart Starr passed on this last Sunday. And he was an amazing player. Uh, he played for the Green Bay Packers from 1956 through 1971. He was the only quarterback in NFL history to lead a team to three consecutive league championships. He uh, led his team to victories in the first two Super Bowls, one and two. And this is what he said. He said, Coach Lombardi, again, uh, iconic coach, Coach Lombardi showed me that by working hard and using my mind, I could overcome my weaknesses to the point where I could be one of the best. Again, Coach Lombardi showed me that by working hard and using my mind, I could overcome my weakness to the point where I could be one of the best. And today's funnies, um, you know, there's you, you mentioned these, uh, these three women, these three representatives, uh, and, um, you know, they're, I mean, they're moved towards socialism, towards communism. And with that, you know, I've really been thinking about what this really means. Socialism is force. And so the real questions in America today is, is freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And uh, studies still show that Americans overall still value freedom. And so we need to work on our narratives as we are talking to our neighbors and our colleagues. Our kids are home from college, so that means you've got two and a half months to uh, roll back the indoctrination that you've been paying for at college. Uh, But uh, socialism is force. It is never compassionate to take others' uh, rights, their property, or their freedom via force, whether it's with a weapon, with taxation, or public policy. And frequent guest Stephen Kessler, millennial Stephen Kessler, Ph.D., has three questions for us to always ask liberals slash socialists. First of all, do you have any skin in the game? Secondly, are you bringing people up or are you yanking people down? And you felt good, but did you do good? And uh, so um, with that, I have today's funnies. I hope that you find it funny, Steve. I listened in a time or two from Hawaii, and, and uh, the, the humor is not any different in Hawaii than it is here. <laughs> so. I, I'm not quite sure what to take with that, but okay, I got a story for you. Joseph Stalin was walking through a small town when he came upon a little girl sitting in the doorway of a house. He smiled at her and said, little girl, do you know who I am? The little girl gives him a very blank stare. You really don't know. I'm the one who gave you everything you have. And the little girl's face lights up, and she runs into the house shouting, Mama, Mama, Uncle Ivan is home from America. Ain't it the truth? Ain't it the truth? Uh, Let's jump into some, well, no, I need to tell you about, uh, about my trip up to Erie last night. As uh, you, you all may remember, is the women of Well County, the Republican women of Well County, had reserved the community center for their monthly meeting. A few days before that meeting was to occur, uh, I think it was the assistant town manager uh, revoked that approval. Uh, 
And they cited because, uh, first of all, what they were going to be talking about and then the fact that they might have a petition there. And uh, their program was the history of oil and gas in Weld County. Now, bear in mind, oil and gas is one of the biggest employers, one of the biggest um, revenue generators from a tax standpoint in Weld County. It seems to me like it's good to be informed about things. And uh, so they cited, first of all, content, and then they cited the fact that uh, someone might be um, uh, circulating the petition to get the national popular vote uh, on the ballot. And as many of you know, the national popular vote is this uh, compact. It's highly unconstitutional. If, in fact, we want to change the Constitution, there is an amendment process. But uh, what this is, in essence, doing, it would give our our vote and our voice to population centers such as Los Angeles, Chicago, and New York. Because it says whoever wins the national popular vote, then they get all of Colorado's electoral college votes. And I'm not sure that everybody understands the electoral college, so we've got a lot of work to do uh, on that. But the electoral college was put in place to protect the minority, the voice of the minority. And so if, in fact... Our electoral votes go to whoever Los Angeles, Chicago, New York decides. That really takes away. That really uh, delegitimizes our vote and our voice here. And just a quick note, Judicial Watch recently had sued the city and county of Los Angeles because they had more people registered to vote than people live there. So it's pretty easy to get a, 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 a popular vote if you're cheating. And that's another reason why we need to be so concerned about that. Uh, so uh, anyway, um, the women of Weld, uh, this uh, approval for their meeting was revoked. This, again, is highly unconstitutional. But what you now see is city council, town council members, uh, school board members. You know, many of these, uh, these different offices are now held by people of the far left. People that don't really care about the Constitution. So I, uh, last night they were going to be taking comments regarding uh, this, uh, you know, this thing that happened there as far as revoking this approval. And uh, interestingly enough, at the beginning of the meeting, two municipal judges were sworn in. And guess what, Steve? They swore to uphold the Constitution. What a unique thing that was. <laughs> you know, it, it, in the onslaught of things that are happening that are pushing us in the other direction, what a uh, breath of fresh air. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope that they do that because um, uh, I went ahead and I made comments. Many other people made comments as well. But this is basically what I said. Should the Socialist Party of Erie be allowed to hold their, pub- their meetings at the Erie Community Center? Should groups that are against affordable, reliable, and efficient energy, a.k.a. anti-fracking, be allowed to hold their meetings at the Erie Community Center? And should the Republican women of Weld County be allowed to hold their meetings at the Erie Community Center? The answer to that is yes. Because in America, in our Constitution, we have the right to assemble and we have the right of free speech. But instead, what you see is these town councils are pushing uh, policy to be made over to the bureaucrats, your town managers, your city managers, and then these elected officials or politicians, I will call them, 
hide behind these policies, and these policies are squashing freedom. They are not standing on the Constitution. And uh, so, anyway, a number of people made comments there. I think that each of us needs to start to take a look at our own cities and what those um, policies are, because what we have seen is kind of a cut-and-paste type of policy. And I will bet you dimes to donuts that that almost every one of these cities uh, and towns that we live in has some kind of a similar policy as Erie regarding kind of picking and choosing who can use their centers and who cannot. And interestingly enough, last year, people that the town council was sympathetic with, so people of the radical activist progressives, they were able to use the uh, town center and they were able to circulate um, petitions. And so instead of policy that shuts voices down and picks winners and losers, let's put everything out there in the battle of ideas. And if we do, truth will win out. Uh, so we're going to go to break here in just a second, but the Rockies are home, and actually they have found, uh, I think they found their bats. Uh, they beat the Diamondbacks last night 6-2. to two. They continue their homestand with Arizona tonight and tomorrow afternoon. And then the Toronto Blue Jays are coming to town. And Hooters is the spot to be this summer. Enjoy Hooters beach-worthy seafood items like amazing fish tacos, delicious snow crab legs, and mouth-watering buffalo shrimp. I think that's what I'm going to get the next time the girls come over. But Hooters has plenty of ice-cold beer options to help you cool down this summer. Some additional happenings at Hooters. They have nine items for $9 from 11 to 3, Monday through Friday. You can choose from nine delicious menu items such as fish and shrimp tacos, salads, cheeseburger, Philly cheesesteak, and of course, their boneless wings, which I love. So get in, dine in to go, or pick something up to go, or you can have this delivered to your front door. More information, go to HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And let them know that you know the AmeriChicks will be back with some headlines. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And coming soon, Vino and Veritas in Northern Colorado. Know why you believe what you believe and be able to have conversations with friends, family, and colleagues. Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks would like to thank qualified listeners, veterans listening to veterans, brought to you by Dan Brooke and Cheryl Tootin in Centennial. In Castle Rock, Kim would like to thank Colorado Custom Services, promotional products, embroidery, engraving, and more. Thank you for sponsoring this fascinating study of the U.S. Constitution. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. And it is good to have you back, Steve. Uh, great team, Steve, Zach, Patty, and Keith. Thank you for keeping this train on the track. And thanks to Dave and Marie for covering while you were gone. Absolutely. I, I've either emailed, texted, or or actually talk with the two of them, and I owe, I owe them big time. Well, they did a great job, and I tried not to text or email you so that you could have a vacation. So, in fact, you texted me once. I'm like, enjoy your vacation. That's what you need to do. <laughs> 
Once a workaholic, always a I know. workaholic. I know, but I tried not to take advantage of you. But thanks to Dave and Marie for their great work. Uh, we're going to go through just a few headlines here because we have Jay Davidson in segments three and four to talk about tariffs. And uh, before we do that, though, uh, you know what? You are in luck, Steve. If you want to go from Fort Collins to Trinidad, guess what? CDOT, the Colorado Department of Transportation, they're eyeing a front-range passenger rail from Fort Collins to Trinidad. Let me turn this mic up as high as I can get it so you can hear this. <sighs> <laughs> You know, this is uh, the new Green Deal is actually happening right here in Colorado. Uh, CDOT, I think that they should actually start working 24-7 to get these road projects done. And that would relieve congestion. But they always hide behind this, uh, we want to relieve congestion. They want to get people out of their personal vehicles. They, uh, I mean, honestly... To to go down to Colorado Springs, would I want to traipse, I mean, to get down there, to get on the train? I mean, and if it has to stop at all these different towns, it's going to be so slow. But, you know, bureaucrats and politicians don't value your time. Uh, they think that you have time to stand on a... Uh, uh, rail, um, you know, waiting for a train, waiting for a bus, ride around on a bicycle, yet they don't give up their personal vehicles. If we want to relieve congestion, they need to be figuring out how they can uh, help people in their personal vehicles be able to move around. And one of the ways might be to get some of these empty buses off of the off of the uh, roads. Uh, <laughs> that might be number one. Number two might be to work 24-7 on these road projects to get them done. You know, on my World War II project, the Seabees could actually build airfields within three weeks or less. Three weeks, a month. And it takes years to get these uh, projects done uh, on our roads. And so uh, now their next thing is, is they want to spend money on a study. Uh, which, again, this is one way for uh, far-left people to get money to other far-left people is to use government money to do a study. And they want to do a study on uh, moving you from Trinidad to Fort Collins in a train. Next thing, Patty, I, I guess she decided she was going to get my blood pressure going with all of these different headlines here. Yours and mine, mine the same. Yes. Did you see this? This, uh, Let's see. First of all, I should let you know the source for that CDOT article was from the Colorado Public Radio. This is from the Denverite. And here's the headline. Citizen climate crisis fighters launch a campaign to make Denver the first major U.S. city with a carbon tax. A group of Denverites who want the Mile High City to be the first major U.S. city with a carbon tax launched its effort to get their initiative on the ballot last Thursday. The initiative is called Resilient Denver, and if it makes the November ballot and voters approve it, consumers of electricity and natural gas, residential, commercial, and industrial customers will be taxed at a higher rate starting in July of 2020. The measure would raise an estimated $40 million in the first year. That's actually, it would raise that before people started to move out of, and businesses started to move out of Denver. Uh, and then revenue would fund a Denver Office of Climate Action and Resiliency to, I love these words, to invig invigorate programs and policies that fight climate change. You know, it used to be global warming, Steve. But then when uh, the glo globe wasn't some warming so much, they changed it to climate change because, let's see, it is May 29th, and it was 40 degrees, 
when I was driving into the city, it snowed recently, and so how is that that we're going to burn up, uh, you know, in 12 years? I don't quite get it. But they have that narrative so that they can put in these policies. I'd go back to the three questions that Stephen Kessler poses, and, mm-hmm. and, and I think he would agree with this, and Laura Carno would agree with this. Either this story or the one right before it. It's just like this gotcha about government, and especially here and now, is that they must be seen as doing something. And their something is, uh, creates problems. Well, the something is always tapping into your wallet. <laughs> that is. And, and somehow they get to take that money as it goes by. You know what? I didn't answer your question, and, and I, I meant to, and that is, in America, is it okay to be un-American? And you know what? It is, because we're free. But we need to make sure that we keep our voices and our right to symbol out there because ultimately truth will win out. Uh, But uh, you know what? I want to talk a little bit about tariffs. Well, we're going to talk about tariffs today. And is Jason on yet or he should be shortly? Because He should be here shortly. Okay, we're going to talk about tariffs. But I'm going to run through one more headline then. And that is, oh, I know, this is the one that I wanted. Did you see the pictures of Virginia Beach uh, after Memorial Day? There was trash everywhere. You know, one of the things as being a good neighbor is to pick up after yourself. And uh, I, you know, I have three kids and I've moved all of them out of college dormitories. Now, college dormitories are a place where we have, you know, tremendous virtue signaling. And uh, interestingly enough, if you go to a college campus at the end of the year, there is junk and trash everywhere. There are kids that don't leave their rooms in good condition for the next students. And so one of the important things here as Americans is pick up after yourself. And I was just totally appalled by what Americans had left on the beach in Virginia Beach. Uh, It looked absolutely awful. And so, uh, you know, we need to make sure that we pick up after ourselves. One of the important things you can teach your kids is to make their bed every morning. That's pretty important. So, but... But uh, I want to jump over and talk to Jason McBride about tariffs. He has such interesting uh, takes on tariffs. So, Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, Kim. Good morning. Good morning. What's on your mind? Well, as as you know, I, I had kind of a novel thought maybe a couple of weeks ago that as far as these tariffs go, you know, I'm wondering if, if the companies that are importing from China – Uh, when they're faced with having to pay a bigger tariff rather than pass the entire cost on to the American consumer, if they don't go and negotiate with the exporter from China and say, hey, I need a lower price so I don't have to pass this cost on. Um, And, you know, I don't have any proof that that happens, but it seems reasonable Mm -hmm. that it would, doesn't it? It makes a lot of sense. So, you know, I just wanted to to try some, I guess, real-life research rather than going to the Internet, because that's no fun, Kim. I mean, everything on the Internet's already true, and if you just go Google, well, it's no fun to dig for the truth that way, right? That's right. Yeah, you can detect my sarcasm, I hope. I can't. You know, I'd I'd heard all this about uh, the tariffs, and the one thing they keep talking about is washing machines. Oh, the poor uh, middle-class average consumer is going to have to pay three times more for a washing machine. 
So I, I just started calling around to some businesses around town and asked what has kind of happened to your prices on washing machines and appliances over the last year. And I'll say this research is incomplete. I've got a few calls out that haven't been returned. Uh, but I could tell you, one spot, which was a, a big box store, they said that the prices have basically not changed at all in the last year. They may have gone up a little, down a little, sales here, this and that, but basically it stayed the same. Um, I talked to another big box, and they said for the most part, uh, the the middle-end stuff, you know, your LG, Samsung, Whirlpool, no change, maybe some of your big high-end type appliances that use a lot of stainless steel have gone up a little bit more than you would expect. And I know we're right up against it at 628, Kim, so we can continue this conversation elsewhere. But so far, I haven't found much uh, backup that uh, the tariffs have caused the prices of washing machines washing machines to skyrocket anywhere in the real world. Okay, Jason, this is so fascinating. What a smart guy you are to uh, to actually call people and find out where the prices are on this tariff. So let's continue that conversation. Uh, we're going to go to break. We have Jay Davidson with the uh, First American State Bank is going to be talking about tariffs as well. And uh, greatly appreciate it. Uh, be sure and check out chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. Jason, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, Kim, have a great show. Okay, thanks so much. So uh, this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll talk tariffs, tariffs, tariffs with Jay Davidson. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich and Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com, and sign up for my emails. We will keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests, topics, and issues that you need to be aware of. I am thrilled to have in studio with me today, Jay Davidson. He is the founder, chairman, and CEO of a community bank right here in in the metro area, First American State Bank. And, and community banks are really the backbone, I think, of the American dream. So it's so good to have you in studio, Jay. Well, thank you, Kim. It's good to be here again. Yes, you are. You, you bring so much 
expertise and, and thoughtful dialogue to many of these issues. And one of the things that has been out there, people are, are trying to get their brains around it, is tariffs. Uh, that's a big conversation going on right now, particularly trade with China. And you recently had uh, commented on something. This was out of the geopoliticalfutures.com back uh, May 14th. Uh, U.S.-China trade talks and the American strategy. And as I was looking at your comments here, you said that about 18% of Chinese exports are destined for the United States. But in contrast, U.S. exports to China account for only about 0.5% of the U.S. GDP. So why is everybody going crazy regarding tariffs to China? Good question and a very complex uh, topic because depending on which side of the tariff you're on and depending what you are, who you are, as in a citizen, a business, or a government, your views are going to change. And if you're an American, there'll be one set of views. If you're Chinese, there'll be another set of views. So there's six different variables here. It's a six-way matrix, basically. Well, and if you're in the media, there's another set of views. Well, yeah. (laughs) Not necessarily uh, having to do with terrorists, but having to do with knocking our current president. Um, The... uh, Trump has made this a big deal. Let's start at the government level then. Um, Trump has made this a big deal because he feels, as do a lot of us, that China has um, illegally and inappropriately subsidized their businesses. Um, And what does that mean? Uh, Well, China's giving their businesses advantages, tax advantages, or actual money donations uh, to expand their business acumen, their business capability. China's doing this because they know now, like we've known for 240 years in America, that private enterprise works. Uh, Believe it or not, communist China is probably more capitalistic than the United States of America is today. How can can you say that? I know. Um, It's hard for me to say, but uh, uh, the fact of the matter is that the Chinese government's created a bubble around business um, in China because they realize they need to create um, entrepreneur zones in order for business to thrive. They understand that government is antithetic to business. Government is antithetic to freedom, to individual freedom. They don't give their people the individual freedom that we have here, but they give businesses and business owners a lot of freedom from regulation. In America, we are controlled by regulation. You can talk to any business owner you want to, and you will find a universal comment about the incredible regulation we all face. And that is basically control, regulation. Mm -hmm. So I say it is the strangest thing in the world. When I first heard it from a, a friend of mine who traveled extensively in China and wrote a book called All Roads Lead to China, Jeff Friedland, uh, that was his comment uh, and blew me away. But they are. And uh, he uh, has said, and I agree with him, that America is not a particularly capitalistic country anymore because of regulation, because of government control. But if we, we go back to uh, what's happening at the government level, um, China is subsidizing uh, these business, their businesses, their Chinese businesses, to sell products over here at a discount, under cost. Mm-hmm. And Trump is objecting to that because it gives 
Chinese businesses an unfair advantage over our businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, those are the two titans in the room that are fighting this whole thing out. China wants to build a capitalistic uh, uh, entrepreneur zone, enterprise zone, um, and they're doing it by subsidizing it uh, through the government. Trump doesn't want that to happen. Well, and Jay, one other thing then, they are subsidizing their businesses. So as you mentioned, they're actually uh, being able to offer their products lower than than their actual cost. On the other hand, it defies reason why we here in America are putting in this administrative regulatory state that increases the costs of our goods and services. So it seems, I, I, Trump is addressing this, and, and boy, some folks are going crazy about it. Uh, very true. And it, it doesn't make sense. And I think it's because a lot of people, particularly politicians and the voting public, haven't put together that um, government is one thing. It's power. It's not benevolence. It's not kindness. It's not wisdom. It's power. And every time a citizen says to a politician, well, let's have a program for that, (laughs) I cringe because, yeah, the government would be glad to take your money to pay Mm -hmm. for that program and hire a whole bunch more government bureaucrats and tell a uh, little Susie hairdresser, how to, how to dress people's hair. Give me a break, people. I mean, these poor people have to go through all sorts of licensing. And it costs a lot. It costs a lot, absolutely, and that's passed on to the end user. And just a note on that, Jay, I was talking to somebody about this just the other day. I don't go to my hairdresser because she has a license. I don't even really care if she has a license because I researched it out. She was referred to me. I went to her once, she did a great job, and so I go back. I don't need the government giving her a license. And you should have the freedom to choose rather than having government involved in your every decision. And that's what's happening. This this is why I say America is not a capitalistic country anymore. And it's a slow roasting of regulatory excess Mm -hmm. that's occurred with us. So uh, Trump, Trump is fighting China, if we go back to our, your original question, uh, on the tariff issue, um, because uh, China is dumping. I mean, that, mm-hmm. there's no two ways about it. We as Americans, like what the true definition of free market or a uh, fair market value or a fair price is a willing buyer, a willing seller without outside coercion. You and I agreeing to a transaction for that cup of coffee right there is a fair market value if we agree on it, by definition. But China's intervening in that whole process. But uh, I said it's a six-way matrix. You can't just look at China's dumping and Trump's mad at them for it. Um, There's other sides to this. The business would be the next group that you talk about. And finally, the end user, the citizen, would be the final group on both the Chinese side and the American side. On the business side, the Chinese businesses are benefiting because they're able to sell their products um, in the United States and sell their manufacturing uh, capabilities, their production capabilities in China for the benefit of the United States business. So they're benefiting. So China is building a, a gigantic infrastructure and they're Gross domestic product is just a small portion of our GDP, which is the conglomerate of all production in the nation. It's an indication of, uh, if you have a business, it's an indication of your total revenue. Mm -hmm. 
and so China wants to build that. They they know that they have to build that. I mean, it's a matter of their survival of their oligarchy, their uh, dictatorship, etc. So that's why they're doing it. The businesses over here, uh, unless they go to China and avail themselves of the Chinese cheap labor and so forth, and can afford the transportation costs back over here, uh, then the businesses here are suffering because Chinese goods are undercutting American goods. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm pro-business, obviously, because not only does the business make the owner wealthy if he's smart or she's smart, but it also makes a lot of people, uh, gives a lot of people a good standard of living because they have a job. I mean, they're making money. You know, and on that note, I have come to the t- determination, you know, the left is... Like the, the far left, radical left, they like to say that they're compassionate. But, Jay, I submit to you that one of the most compassionate things that one man can give another is a job. Yes. That, that's such a, a good point. Uh, it's actually immoral that uh, the, the left, the socialists, uh, the Democrats, uh, want to give handouts and welfare. That is absolutely immoral. I know what it, I see it in my business all the time. Uh, I see fathers giving their sons new BMWs because they Mm -hmm. crashed their old BMW. Mm -hmm. Or I see the effects of people not working because they get paid by the government basically not to work. Mm -hmm. Or the the young mother who has a whole bunch of kids because she gets paid by the government to have kids. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing. And and, and I can't think of anything more immoral than destroying the spirit of an individual, destroying the, their self-knowledge that they can do it themselves. They may have to overcome a lot of hardship. And believe me, you don't live in this world just because it's nice and easy. It's not. It's hard. It takes a lot of work. But you will prevail. You can prevail. Conversely, the tough love scenario has almost always been effective if mm-hmm. it's not carried, if it's not too tough. Right. There's got to be love in there, but uh, I'm thinking my your kids, mm-hmm. my kids, um, hardest thing in the world to do. But uh, probably the greatest lesson I ever gave them was not to bring them into the bank right away. Mm-hmm. Um, say, you need to go out in the real world. And you need to not, don't prove it to me. I know you'll be successful. You need to prove it to yourself that you can do it. You can overcome whatever the world brings you. And believe me, you can. Perseverance, hard work, honesty, ethics, they'll prevail every time. And those are really, those are, those are things that build character. And uh, character is something that this whole American idea was built on. And so circling back to the business component of this, you know, business in its, its truest self, I think, is very benevolent because it's creating a product, uh, a value that other people are willing to actually uh, part with their hard-earned dollars because they look at that product and they say, I'm willing to do that because this is going to make my life better. Yeah, fair market value. Mm-hmm. Fair market value. Uh, and so it's really been unfair that we have now had politicians and bureaucrats that have put in this regulatory state here in the United States, which has made us very in- uncompetitive with what's going on out there. And then you add in China, they're subsidizing those businesses. It's really tough on the American businessman. It, it really is. Um and my biggest concern is the United States government regulatory burden on 
independent businesses, banks, financial institutions, medical centers, etc. Uh, that is the probably the biggest threat that we face right now. I've said it many times, and people kind of look at me crosswise when I say it, but there's two ways to take over a nation. One is force of arms, where the military rises up against the citizens, which will not happen in America. Uh, and the second way is through government intervention, regulations, fines, uh, government intervention in our uh, daily lives. And um, I think we are, the deep state is, is proving out to be much more pervasive, much deeper, much more dedicated to that kind of control than we ever thought they were. And now they're revealing themselves. It's obvious who they are, what they are, what their intentions are. That they would, uh, for instance, uh, whether you like Trump or not, um, is irrelevant, but the fact that they would go to the FISA courts and get a subpoena to um, use the um, spying network in on an American citizen in America, which is highly illegal. Highly illegal, and it's like a banana republic. Jay Davidson, let's go to break. We have a whole bunch more to unpack on this. Uh, it's great to have you in studio. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect your private property rights. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped to organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. So call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Friday, May 24th through Thursday, May 30th. Features will include Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Aladdin, and The Hustle. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Americhicks.com. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Hey, welcome back to the Americhicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation, and be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. We'll keep you apprised of uh, upcoming guests, topics, important issues. I'm thrilled to have in studio with me today Jay Davidson. He is the, let's see, the founder, the chairman, the CEO of First American State Bank right here in the Denver metro area. And, you know, it's those community banks that help mom and pop build their American dream. And it's so good to have you in studio. Good to be here, Kim. Thank you. And we're talking about tariffs. Uh, you, you think the, the sky was falling regarding the media and all the attention they've been giving to tariffs. But you had, and had 
public, or you had commented on this very important piece from the geopoliticalfutures.com, and this was back May 14th, the U.S.-China trade talks and American strategy. And the, you mentioned in the last segment that the Chinese economy is much smaller than our economy. The GDP is much smaller. Uh, and then we, were t- we moved on to talk about government intervention and the regulatory state. So in America, government is taking more and more control of our businesses. And you said over in China, they're actually subsidizing businesses to try to make them competitive. It seems upside down to me. Uh, truly upside down. Um, this is the biggest dilemma and the biggest threat that our country faces today. In my humble opinion, the continual growth of the federal government, the scope, the power, the uh, excesses of the federal government are are the one threat that uh, America will eventually succumb to. Uh, this we will we will die from within. Uh, and Lincoln it, Lincoln even said it. you know recognized that. Yeah. Uh, Jefferson, Washington, Franklin recognized that. It's why they created a republic, a constitutional republic. You think about the very founding documents of our nation. Uh, they didn't create a democracy. And this blows people away, but there's no mention of democracy in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights or any of the founding documents. The reason is that democracy always devolves into tyranny, always. Because the majority rules the few. Which, just a quick note, that's why this national popular vote thing is it's the tyranny of the majority. Amen. So. Amen. I'm totally with you on that one. So uh, what, what the founding uh, documents did was they created a very unique nation, very unique. And, and the only reason that it's unique is that the power is to the people. The power is to you and me, citizens, individuals. And the freedom that goes with that is accrued to us through a constitutional republic. It's, it's called constitutional republic because the rule of law must prevail in all situations. And the rule of law, if you read the Constitution of the Bill of Rights, they specifically and almost exclusively limit the federal government's power over the individual. Well, and I'm going to look for something here. I just saw this, Jay, and that was the rule of law. Somebody had told me this, that, well, it is basically the rule of law allows people to comfortably be able to go about their hopes and dreams. If they have that, that understanding that there's that solid rule of law, but that, that law has to be based within the vision of the Declaration and the U.S. Constitution. It can't be these regulatory laws that are being put in place. Yeah, law, the law specifically, the rule of law specifically refers to the Constitution of the Bill of Rights, specifically and exclusively, and then the uh, addendums to those great documents. Rule by the other, the opposite of rule by law is rule of regulation. And that's what we're facing today, where the federal government has um, expanded uh, their scope, their power, their um, rules and regulations mm-hmm. into every aspect of our lives. If, if people were to stop and think for a moment of how many things are affected by the federal government, are controlled by the federal government. I think they'd be very shocked to realize how powerful that government has become. Now, I'm not an anti-government guy. You know, there's a place for mm-hmm. government. And I think the predominant place is infrastructure, including commerce. 
and uh, the military. Mm-hmm. National defense. But, it, it, you know, it's not the Fed Reserve regulating my bank to the nth degree or uh, the EPA regulating my oil and gas friends to a, you know, almost to extinction right now. Uh, that's not it. And that's <clears throat> the, the differences are that rule of law is, has to be predominant here. And the, we've seen a breakdown in the rule of law because uh, of the things that the deep state has been doing and certain what I would call extremely corrupt politicians have been doing. And uh, we've seen that working out here with the Mueller investigation now and uh, the, uh, the reaction to the Mueller investigation by the Democrats in this case. They're, they're the ones that are on the hot seat right now, not the Republicans, although they'll have mm-hmm. their chance to. They're not that lily white. Um, the, uh, what you're seeing is a reaction by these uh, deep state folks, the Comeys, the McCabes, uh, etc., that they're terrified. They're terrified of Barr and they're terrified of Trump mm-hmm. because the, the rule of law is coming after them. They're going to be held accountable. And they had this whole world set up where they were not accountable. In fact, they were encouraged to be what I would consider to be highly illegal mm-hmm. in their activities mm-hmm. and abusive. I think I'm getting far afield of tariffs right I now. I know, but it's, it's, important. it's important to understand that. I guess we have gotten away from tariffs, but it is important to understand that. And just a couple of other things, though. It's not just the federal government. What I have seen, you know, the Democrat Party of today is not the Democrat Party of JFK, no. of your grandma, your grandpa. This is, these are activists that are in, you know, the question now is really freedom versus force, force versus freedom power you mentioned that and what i've seen though is that if they can't get it done at the federal level then they'll try to get it done at the state level if they can't get it done at the state level they'll go to local and uh, and then they'll move it you know back and forth regarding this whole regulatory state so every election is really really important that we elect people that understand the true sense of the rule of law the constitution and the proper role of government yeah, and the other avenue that the the left, and I don't even call them progressives anymore, and I, certainly they were never liberals, mm-hmm. um, but their their greatest power is realized through um, the growth of regulation uh, over business and over individuals. That that that's the subtle, uh, clandestine methodology that they are invading. It's kind of like the invasion of the body snatchers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're creeping up on us. They're adding these little, little rules and regulations, you know. Oh, well, it saves the children or, it, mm-hmm. you know, we need to protect the little guy. And it does just the opposite. Right. Uh, right. So, well, we're going to have to have another conversation about all of that messaging. That's really important. In this, these last few minutes, though, we've not gotten to, you mentioned the other component on tariffs is the, the person, the individual. Sure. So what about that? Okay, on the let's say that let's take the Chinese citizen first. Um, the the sub, the government subsidies are kind of circular, but um, if you just take the citizen, then the citizen is benefiting from the tariffs. From excuse me, from the subsidies that the Chinese government is giving the businesses, because the individual gets a job, a well-paying job, and you know they can take care of their family, which is the critical issue for everybody. Mm-hmm. Don't care who you are, or which you are. Um, the, the, 
the anomaly of this thing is that th- that citizen then pays taxes and the taxes go back to the government to subsidize the business and then more taxes are paid. So this is a, a negative circle. But, but right now, the business is thriving in China uh, predominantly because of this enterprise zone that the Chinese government is creating, this capitalistic world, this bubble mm-hmm. that's being created that, by the way, since it's created by the Chinese government, can be collapsed by the Chinese government at any time. That's different from what we have or had in America. Now go to America and talk about the American citizen. The American citizen is benefiting from the Chinese subsidies because we're able to buy these products, uh, this Apple or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'd probably pay a lot more for that phone if the Chinese government wasn't subsidizing production of the chips or whatever Mm -hmm. that go into that phone. So the, we're benefiting from this dumping. Well, why would our dear president want to get in the way of that? Well, right. again, that's the, re- the reason he's doing it is because China is taking an unfair advantage in the business world. They're garnering tremendous power to themselves by creating this capitalistic zone that they have with their businesses. This, this is what people miss. Uh, military is certainly powerful, but business, uh, business productivity, uh, GDP are much more powerful instruments and much less destructive than the military at gaining whatever you want. If you have the GDP, you can go do what you want to do. And for years, the Chinese have clandestinely uh, underwritten their business and, and subsidized and undercut and built an infrastructure. I understand why the Chinese government has done that. It's survival for them. Mm-hmm. Their people, their billions of people would rise up against them and slaughter them mm-hmm. if they didn't have um, these kind of changes going on. I get that. I just, you know, choose which, which one of the six parts of this matrix, you know, the citizen, the business, or the government, you want to take care of and then take care of them. In my mind, it's the citizen. It's mm-hmm. always the citizen because it's the individual. To me, individual and individual freedom and economic freedom are synonymous with America. And my final point here um, is the Chinese have created this great big capitalistic bubble, but it's a creation of a government. It can, it can be burst at any right. time by a government. In America, our uh, capitalism was created by you and me back 250 years ago, getting out of bed every morning, going to work every morning, doing the right thing, building our own economic system free of government intervention. We didn't have taxes. We didn't have regulatory authorities. We had a minimalist government that was originally set up for a good reason. And we were able to thrive. We built, we, our forefathers, Mm -hmm. although my family immigrated from Scotland, so I can't Mm -hmm. claim this. But I do like to say that I'm American Indian because I want some part of America here. (laughs) Oh, come on. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm trying to get a casino, too. Okay. But... The, the fact is that it was, and it is today, it's the individual. It's you going out on a limb, spending your money, creating this uh, enterprise that you've created. It's me starting a bank 25 years ago. Um, and I think our time is up. Is that what that is? Well, actually, no, somebody was calling in, but our oh. time is up. But, but you're right. It's everyday individuals going out, risking, working hard. And that is the American dream. And we have got to protect it. And President Trump realizes it. 
and that's why he's doing what he's doing with these tariffs. And so I think the media is, is uh, you know, I think they need to be a little more honest about what they're talking about. And look at the longer range uh, efforts that Trump is putting in here. This is not about tariffs and underwriting. It, it, it is about economic power, truly economic power. And you know what? I'm okay with that because I don't want the Chinese to take over. I don't want them to become the the uh, uh, the, run the currency market, the world leader. I don't. You know what? I'm selfish that way. I'm a nationalist that way. <laughs> oh, those are fighting words for some folks. So, uh-huh. hey, Jay Davidson, thank you thank so you. much for being in studio. And our quote for today is from the uh, Ludwig von Mises. He's the founder of the Austrian School of Economics. He said it very succinctly. Every socialist is a dictator. So there you have it. Today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. Views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.